Hello there. I'm back once again, and I'm going to do chapters 15 through 19 of The Cleansing. It's a continuation of the one I've already started. So here we go. Chapter 15. While we were gathering supplies, the tall man had disappeared. And now I knew why. Somewhere he found a mule and wagon. It was not a big wagon, but we could make do. The captives could ride now, and I'd not have to worry about them holding us back. He never told me his name, but I never told him mine either. I was still not ready to worry about a name for me. I'd take care of that when I mourned for the loss. I had no idea what I'd lost, but I'm sure it was someone. Nonetheless, I would mourn for the unknown victims, but that would be later. I was happier than I'd been in a while. God was so amazing for providing food and a way to haul the victims. I found that the tall man could not talk. I was not sure if he was born like that or something has passed. Maybe it's the shock of what was happening in the world. I think I'll just call him Hero for now. I mean, he helped, didn't he? I mean, he was a hero. He made sure we got out good, safe. He made sure that we had transportation. So, hero he was. Hero stood guard while the other male captive and I ran back in. We grabbed a couple of cases of water, cans of food, Pop-Tarts, more flashlights and batteries. We did not want to overdo in case others came. We did not want to overload the poor mule. Now we had everything loaded. I got on my knees and he rode dead also. I do not know his prayer, but I suspect it was the same as mine. Pray for our journey to be a safe one and ask that each would be blessed by his love. The mule, I gave her the name Jessie, had a rough time wading through the sand. Mules are said to be stubborn, but she kept right on. One foot at a time, raising them high, making slow progress, but never giving up. Noises came from all directions. Our people were crying and screaming. Jesse was trying really hard to struggle through at a higher rate of speed. Hero and I were bringing up the rear. Hundreds of those things were chasing us. There was no way we could kill them all. Stay down, I told our victims. Not sure what good that would do, but they were moving around and shaking so much. Poor Jesse was having a rough time. They were almost upon us. I did not realize the speed they had. They were making weird chomping noises, and I felt shivers up my spine. One reached out, and it barely touched my arm, and the burn was immense. It was not a scratch, not a gouge, just a slight touch. We were almost at the service station, and there were more inside there. They had no trouble going through the sand. It was as if they were sand creatures. They were not really running, more or less a jump and a drag and a leg. The ribs were very visible. Long slender finger bones and claw-like nails on their fingers. I did not think they were zombies because the ones we shot stayed down. But I know they were cannibals. There were way too many to suit me. I do not know what happened, just that I went down. And they were almost upon me. He rode picked me up and practically slung me in the cart. He was really strong, and I could not feel a thing. I'd gone numb. Lord, give us strength to get away. Hero could not do this on his own. The darkness became light for a moment, then it returned. While it was light, the cannibals froze in place. The mule began to trot, and after we passed the service station, 
Hero jumped in the cart. No one was guiding the mule, but he knew where to go. We made it to the location where I saw all those signs jumbled up, and the rumbling began. It started out as a small rumble, but as with thunder, it grew over the distance. It became so loud, everyone covered their ears but me. I still could not move. I know everyone was shocked when a massive wave of sand swept everything clean. As far as the eye could see, nothing but sand. Carried by the darkness, it looked like an ocean's wave. Everything became still and so quiet. Not even our fellow humans made a sound. It did not seem to bother Jessie, though. She continued on the trail. Hero scooted over towards me. Do not worry, Hero. Jessie's headed in the right direction. He opened his mouth, and I knew it was silent laughter. I forgot to tell him that was his name. Though my body refused to move, my head still worked. I tried to raise it to check my injury, but I could not raise it that far. It had to be from that touch on my arm. That was the only thing it could be. I looked around at the survivors. They looked at peace. Some were sleeping and some, well, I guess they were just gazing and thinking. I closed my eyes, and though I could not get on my knees to pray, God and I had a nice conversation. I do not know his plans, but I do know he loves me. He cradled me in his loving arms, and I slept. Acts 18.10 For I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. Chapter 16 I really did not know how long I slept or how long we'd been traveling. I tried looking around, but it was hard in the darkness. I could feel Hero's eyes upon me. What was he thinking? What questions did he have to ask that he could not? Jesse had slowed, and the survivors were quiet. I had not realized till I tried turning my head that Adam's head lay on my shoulder. I could not feel it. I still could not feel anything. The only way I knew we were still moving is the gentle banging of my head against the floorboards of the wagon. I felt a water bottle against my lips. Even hot, it was good. My throat had become dry. My lips began to crack. I felt it run down my chin, but even knowing it kept flowing, I could not feel it. Tears started easing down my cheek, and I could not reach to wipe them. I was frustrated and did not understand what was happening or why this happened to me. But no, chin up, girl. It was not just happening to me. I survived. They survived. And I'm sure God has his reasons for my paralysis. I closed my eyes and listened for God to tell me what to do next. Rest, my child. Just rest. I could feel Hero's hands now striking my hair, and I smiled. I'm glad Hero was along. He would make a good asset. He was also resourceful. I have no idea where he found Jesse in the wagon, but I was most thankful for it. Jesse stopped quickly, and as a stubborn mule would not move another inch, Hero grabbed his flashlight and jumped from the wagon, easing his way around front. Adam must have followed him because he came back, leaned in my face, and said, We were stopped by a white goat. She looked to be tame. Fresh meat, yelled the man we rescued. I never asked his name. You will not touch one hair of that goat. Ah, oh, come on, it's been weeks, maybe months since I've had meat. Hero grabbed the man by the tattered shirt collar. Though Hero could not speak, his message was loud and clear. You do not touch the goat. Nessie, I halfway yelled. She came around the wagon and jumped up by my side. She looked me straight in the eyes, and I was sure I saw tears. She lay her head on me and nuzzled for a minute, then jumped off and went back around front. 
Follow Nessie, Jessie. She knows where we are going. And as if Jessie understood, she took off after Nessie. We were almost there. I thought about Johnny and hoped his leg was healing. How was Tom? I hoped they were able to protect themselves from intruders and elements. Jessie started down the hill. I did not think she'd make it through the blackberry bushes with the wagon, but somehow she did. The occupants of the wagon were stirring now. A creek. Cold water. A bath. Cool down. I could hear all those conversations, or should I say, parts of conversations. Jesse took us all the way in the cave, and Tom was waiting. There was still light in the cave, and he had a small cooking fire. He red picked me up, and Tom ran over with a look of concern on his face. I could tell he's waiting on Hero to speak, so I filled in the blanks. He cannot talk, Tom, and I have no idea what happened to me. I'm going to get Hero to lay me down. Hero grinned at this point, and I sure wished I could pop him on the head. And after you check all the others out, you can look at me. Then I became worried. Where, where's Johnny? I brought lots of medicine. Johnny's okay, lady. He's out back playing. His leg is healed nicely. Tom directed Hero to my mossy bed, who laid me down, and then turned and walked away. Nessie and Billy came in, and a baby coat. Oh, Nessie, become a mama. The three kittens came in, and they were no longer kittens. I realized I'd never named them. The rooster came in, and then two hens, followed by about five little chicks. They were already repopulating the earth. When Tom came to see me, I told him to keep an eye on that man. Nessie was never to be eaten, or at least not yet. It was not time to eat the animals yet, especially the original ones. One of the women had baby wipes in her backpack. I wished I'd thought of that, but I would still rather have a bath. Tom left the room, and it was less than a minute. Hero followed him back in, picked me up, and carried me to the pool. Tom had made or found a chair while I was gone, and he had it sitting in the pool. Hero put me on the chair and held me while Tom bathed my arm. That touch that thing gave me was red, swelled, and badly infected. In fact, my whole arm was infected. That's probably why I could not move. I turned my head to thank Hero for all this help. For without him, none of us might be here. But in the end, I stayed silent. He was on his knees praying, and I would not disturb him. I could hear children's laughter, people chatting, so excited like children with new toys. Maybe they were. They were exploring and taken with everything. The pool of water, the animals, and I'm sure they found the outside area. The mossy bed felt good. Yes, I was starting to get my feeling back again. Johnny came in for a visit, and I was blessed with a big hug. One of the women, Teresa, I think, she said, brought me a Pop-Tart, scrambled eggs, and crackers. Of course, Nessie provided cold milk. Tom would check on Hero to find out why he could not talk. I felt safe, full, and loved. The Lord had sent so many miracles and blessings my way. As I shut my eyes to pray, Nessie came in, laying her head on my chest. I prayed, and we slept. Chapter 17 I was being pulled through a thick fog. My mind was somewhere in between conscious and unconscious. The in-between where you do not know if you're still dreaming or in reality. I did not want to wake. For the first time since the cleansing had begun, I was sleeping so good. Then I heard Nessie. Something was wrong. I opened my eyes and there the man stood. Funny, I did not find anything about these people and I brought them in. It had been so rush, rush. Then the doctor in bed. 
but there he was trying to take Nessie from me. I knew he saw my eyes open, but he continued. I tried to speak, but could not. He gagged me. By the time anyone finds out, she'd be goat steak, and I'm sure all will want a piece. He did not know that I got my movement back. It had been slow to come back, and now it was all back. I did not bother with the gag. I wanted the element of surprise. Besides, I was afraid of some of the words that would flow forth. I did not just stand up. I jumped. Before he even realized what was happening, I took my fist and hit him straight in the nose. Nessie took off running while me and the man continued to scuffle. He had a few choice curse words to say over his bloody nose, and I paid for it when he blacked my eye. Hero grabbed him from behind with a big bear hug, and Tom grabbed me, separating us. We were both trying to escape their holds, but their grip was too tight. My temper was leaving me, and I ceased to struggle. Nessie came to me and rubbed against my leg. I smiled. Tom removed my gag. Thanks, I said. I think that was all I said at the time. The man was still cursing and struggling. He wrote out his hands behind his back. I think they already knew what was going on, and they had known earlier I was getting my feeling back. Take him into the main cavern. Get everyone together. If we're to live together, rules need to be established. They did not hesitate to do as I asked, but the doctor and Tom just had to see my eye. I kept telling him it was okay. Hey, I think he took his job seriously. We went in to join the others. They all had looked so much different than before. They bathed, had food, felt safe. I felt safe. Safer than I had even before this started. I could feel God's presence, and I did not ever want to let him down. The man was still tied up, and I guess it was just as well. I never found out his name because of his punishment to come. I had no choice. We could not have anyone in our household that could not obey the rules and took away from others, and that is what he would be doing. I gathered y'all here because of the incident that occurred. I made it plain that Nessie was not to be touched. I saw their heads shake a firmament, so I knew they all understood. He came in there as I was sleeping, trying to drag Nessie out. Nessie provides our milk, which soon will also provide our cheese and butter. She's also our guard, my companion, and a mother. They will keep reproducing, then we will eat, but not yet. It's not time yet. I paused to let this sink in. The next part was going to be the hardest, but it had to be. Since he had already been warned, he must be punished. He would be banished from my group. A big gasp filled the room from the rescued captives. He remained silent, as did Tom. I really hoped I was doing the right thing. We'll send him on his way with food and water, flashlights and batteries. We'll take him a little way out and let him go. I saw fear in his eyes, and I could not look at him anymore. I did not want to do this, but I really had no choice in the matter. But, but why can't he stay here? That came from one of the women brought with him. Because we have to live by rules, and he broke the rule. That rule not only affects me, but all of us. She's a life source that will last for a long time. Her meat could not be eaten in one day. Where would it be stored? Would you eat the rotten corpse of those things in Walmart? I'll be leaving in a little while, and Hero and Tom will be in charge. Hero shook his head no and pointed to me. No, Hero, you stay here. I do not know where I'm headed after I drop him off or what I will find. He did not let me finish as he spoke. He spoke. Yes, he, he did. He spoke. I go with you. And the emphasis he put on it, I did not argue anymore. 
This trip I would not make alone. So it was decided, Tom was the doctor and leader, that when I was here, everyone looked to me. I really did not want to be responsible for these people, but it's the hand I've been dealt in this new world. Hero and I gathered a few supplies for us and some for the man. He was scared. Almost backed out. Almost. I could not take the chance of his thoughts taking control again. What if the next time his urge for meat led him to one of the children? It would be so good to have a juicy Sonic burger. But I did not want one so bad that I would eat the forbidden. We bid everyone goodbye and struck out towards the south. That's where I'd come from. My starting point. I wanted to know, needed to know, after all this time, was there anything left? Last time there was no way across, but I was compelled to go. Maybe there was a way around. This time I was not alone. This time I had Hero with me. Maybe it would not be so bad. And as I had before each journey, I kneeled and prayed for a safe journey. As the Hero. Chapter 18 We took Jazzy in the wagon. Perhaps we would run into more survivors. If not, we still needed more supplies. We walked, except for the man. I did not want to know his name. That would make me feel more guilt than I did now. This was not personal for revenge or anything like that. It was a matter of survival. The man grumbled and complained. Then he would beg and plead. After a little while, I just ignored him. There were other things running through my mind. In the southern direction, it was not dark. But neither was the sun shining. It was like a cloudy moment before the sunrise. It was extremely hot, and I was not sure if it was because here the earth had burned, or if I was not mistaken, it should be summertime. Time. Time was a funny thing. It meant nothing anymore. No more rushing to work without breakfast for fear of being late. No more rush hour traffic. No more getting the kids to school on time. It was amazing that our lives all depended on time. Now I know what stop and smell of flowers meant. Except there were no flowers, there were no trees, there was no grass. There was nothing but a dull brown earth with black ashes in some spots and an intense heat, smothering heat. We'd walked for hours and I was getting tired. Hero looked as if he could use a break too. I found a milk jug way back and cut the top off. I poured a bottle of water for Jazzy. She lapped it up gently, as if she knew it had to last. She finished the water, and I picked up the bottom of the milk jug and put it in the back of the wagon for later. Hero and I sat in the back of the wagon. Instead of resting, Jazzy continued. Neither Hero nor I was much on conversation. Besides, it was too hot and dusty. The more we talked, the thirstier we got, so we remained quiet. Funny thing, though, it was as if we could read each other's thoughts. God had chosen Hero also. We were to work together to reboot the earth. We were to rebuild, repopulate, and regrow. This was a new chance, a new life, a new earth. This was a new beginning, not just for me, nor Hero, but life. Jazzy was turning now. She was headed on the road to the old baker's farm. No, no, there was nothing there. Jazzy, I jumped off the wagon and went to her. No, Jazzy, there's nothing there. I've already been here. It was all destroyed after I left. But Jazzy gave new meaning to stubborn mule. She'd look at me like she knew something I did not, so I followed her lead. Hero jumped off the wagon and come up beside me. I told him my experience on the farm, where I met Nessie and the other animals. Before we left, 
I begged and put on one of the long skirts, thankful it had pockets. The stench was almost unbearable, so I covered my nose and mouth with a bandana he rode picked up from Walmart. I put it, a pocket knife, Pop-Tart, and several other items in the pocket. I was beginning to think Hero was pretty smart. He thought of things that I did not. Maybe that is why we were meant to work together. He looked at his surroundings just as I did, and I think we're both on the same page. Why did Jazzy bring us here? Look, I have to use the bathroom. Could you please untie me? I shoved my shoulders. Shoulders. Hero did the same. Why not? We were far from the camp. If he got away, he would find his own danger. He would no longer be on me and Hero. Perhaps this is why Jazzy brought us up here. She stopped without being asked to, so she knew. Well, that must have been his plan. He grabbed one of the backpacks and ran. We let him go. Halfway across the field, he stopped, turned, and waved. I guess he thought he was teasing us, but I was relieved. I think Hero was as well. We let him go. Jesus turned, as did we. Then we heard his screams. The earth was shaking. Craters were opening. We jumped on the wagon, and Jesse was moving faster than I ever had seen a mule move. I turned and watched as swamp water, rotten cow carcasses, the collapsed house, everything was swallowed. I saw movement trying to avoid the craters. There were lots of them, perhaps hundreds. They looked like those things in Walmart, except some were on all fours. Some were jumping the craters. Some were using others as a springboard and close to catching us. As we reached the main road off the farm road, the hills collapsed. Rocks tumbled, and all access had stopped. Hero and I both fell to our knees and praised God. Once again, he had saved us from a horrible death. As we rose, an amazing thing happened. A little old man, by the looks of him very old, came riding up on a horse. Big black stallion. He looked very healthy, as did he. He had several packs upon his horse, and he offered them to us. Before we could turn them down or offer to share, he had disappeared, leaving the horse and packs. I mean, really disappeared. He could not have hid, for there was no place. He could not have run that fast. There was only one other possibility. God had sent an angel, and one of the packs was bread. I smiled, bread from heaven, and then the other was fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, and maybe it was not Sonic, but it was the best burger I ever tasted. I took the seeds from the apples and strawberries and the other fruits and vegetables. They would be planted. My mouth watered just thinking about fresh fruits and vegetables, even though I'd just eaten some. I gave Jazzy more water. And it did not run dry. I thank God for the food and water. Hero unhooked Jazzy. She lay down. Hero and I laid down in the back of the wagon for some much needed rest. Good night or day or whatever it is, Hero. He still grinned whenever I called him Hero. He'd shaved. Probably sometime or another got razors from Walmart. Looked so much better, but it would not last long. Too much heat, too little resources. But right now, looks were unimportant. We made a great team. Maybe someday he would tell me about himself, but right now it did not matter. In the future, nah, it would not matter either. This was a new beginning. We were cleansed, reborn. He pulled my head over his shoulder and we slept, confident that God would watch us. He was not through with us yet. Chapter 19 How many miles have we traveled before I awoke? I was riding alone and well covered. Every inch of my body had some kind of wrapping. Sweat trickled down my body, and I was extremely hot. If I did not know better, I would think Hero was burying me alive. After removing the rapids, 
I could understand why. Intense heat fueled by a blazing pile of sun. So the farther north we went, darkness held, and the farther south it became much lighter and so much hotter. I sat up rocking with the wagon and looked around. Hero was walking with Jazzy, and I just had to laugh. He fashioned Jazzy a hat out of an old shirt. Well, maybe not a hat, but a covering for her head. Her ears stuck up through the armholes. Hero stopped Jazzy and turned towards me with a grin on his face. He must have heard my laughter, for he came back to me and in a half-hearted twist mauled his new get-out-of-the-sun clothes. He looked like a hobo traveling with so many clothes and no way of carrying them. Why did you not wake me? I would have walked with you. You needed rest. It's not been long since you could not move at all. He got the water jug, gave Jazzy some more water. We were running low, so we only took a few sips from the shared bottle. We'd been traveling for several days. At least I think we had. It was hard to tell because day and night still not straightened itself out. I missed the moon and stars, night and day. Instead of cool nights and hot days like before, it was hot nights and even hotter days. I got out of the wagon, walked around, stretched my legs a bit. Off to the left, a little way, was a burned area. It had what had once been a chimney sticking up. I grabbed my bow and quill of arrows. I tried to always be prepared for everything. Almost upon it, I tripped over something. I did not fall, but came close. I jumped back. It was an arm. Or what once was an arm. It was burnt black, charred flesh, hanging from bone. I did not want to see the rest. From then on, I was careful where I walked. I arrived at the chimney, and there were three bodies lying there. There were huge army ants eating flesh from the bodies and carrying it away. The woman had blisters covering her burnt face. Her legs were only skeletal remains, the ashes blended with the sand. A little child, unknown whether male or female, lay in a fetal position. There was no flesh left, no distinguishing marks, not even toys scattered to give away the sex of the child. I fell to my knees and could not stop the tears that flowed. Long held pent up emotions, long held tears, loneliness, fear. Everything held back for months, years. It all came forth. Hero pulled me up and held me in his arms, using soothing words to calm my soul. I do not know how long we stayed like that. My heart ached. I did not know these people, yet there were still people that died a horrible death. There was nothing of interest here. It was time to move on. I think Jazzy was ready to move, too. I put the empty water bowl in the back of the wagon and walked side by side with Hero. I needed solace. I needed comfort. Hero grabbed my hand. For miles and miles, we walked hand in hand. I tried not to remember the vision I saw. I tried not to remember people died. I tried not to remember this had become a way of life. The only thing I wish to remember now is one breath at a time. And that's it for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good morning, evening, night, whatever time it is, if you read this, when you read it. Uh, Peace. God loves you.